There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Eleven to one. Monday motivation. Motivation. On LMFM. At the age of 32, just seven months after her daughter Pia was born, my next guest was diagnosed with breast cancer. Four weeks later, she'd undergone two breast surgeries, had a full course of fertility treatment as well. She then started 23 weeks of intense chemotherapy, followed by five weeks of radiotherapy. Prior to all of this, she and her husband Jamie were still coming to terms with his diagnosis of multiple sclerosis, again aged just 32. Before her treatment began, she decided to document her journey on social media to raise awareness of breast cancer in younger women. She gained a huge following, not just for her work highlighting the realities of cancer and being a mum, but people really responded to her strength and positive outlook. A year after her diagnosis, she set up the Good Glow podcast, which not only details Georgie's own journey back to health after breast cancer, but gives a platform to many women about their own wellness journey. Her mission for women to make themselves and their health a priority is truly inspiring as well. I'm delighted to have the wonderful Georgie Crawford with me from Monday Motivation. How are we doing? Good. I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's fantastic to have you. And there's no better woman for Monday Motivation. You are someone (laughs) that is glass half full, even when things just look awful for you. But uh, would you have always been a glass half full kind of person, even from a child? I don't think so. You know, um, before I got sick, I was kind of zooming through life. Um, I was felt, you know, just like everyone else, you know, never had a minute to myself, never really thought about self-care and never occurred to me that I should be taking better care of myself. I suppose I was just so focused on my career and, you know, having a great family life um, that it, it never dawned on me that I should be taking care of myself. And then I suppose when I got sick and I was facing really, really dark days and a lot of time to kind of think about my life and where I was. I guess then I started to pick myself up off the floor and I started to realize, oh, my God, I am a positive person. And where did this come from? But it took a lot of work and a lot of digging deep. Yes. And and I know this phrase digging deep is something that uh, is very important to you. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But, um, you know, finding a lump, even saying those words out loud, I can't even begin to wrap my head around how frightening, frightening that must be. And then to find a lump aged just 32 with a very young baby at home, that's even more frightening to me. Tell me about, you know, when you discovered the lump initially, what was going through your mind? Did you go straight full force into panic mode? 
I did. Um, I found my lump in the middle of the night. So it was uh, it was very scary. I had nowhere to go um, at that point, you know, apart from into my TV room with my husband to try and kind of wrap our head around what had just happened. So it was half one in the morning. Uh, Pia had woken up for her night feed and we were settling her again into her crib and my hand just fell against my chest and I found the lump. And I think in that moment, I just felt deep down inside that it was bad news. And of course, people tried to reassure you, you know, um, those around me were saying, you know, it has to be something to do with breastfeeding. You've just had a baby. But I think deep down, like in my heart, I knew it was bad news. And I'm really thankful that I faced it straight away. I was in the GP, um, the GP's office at half eight the next morning. So I really um faced it head on. And that was really important. You know, early detection saved my life. I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. Luckily, it hadn't spread. But I, I, I never imagined that I'd be facing a year of treatment and losing my hair and all those things. I thought because I'd found it early that I'd skip all of that. But um, I suppose they sit you down and, and they, the doctors, the amazing doctors tried to explain, you know, how much of a serious situation this is. And um. It took a, a lot of uh, counselling and support to get me through it. Yeah, and I know that this is something that you speak about a lot, you know, having the, the family support network and, and speaking, as you mentioned there, to a counsellor to, to help you wrap your head around it. You decided to document your journey on social media. Not many people would do it. And what inspired you to share the journey so publicly? I worked in radio at the time, um, wonderful radio, and <laughs> I had amazing colleagues and um at the time I was on my maternity leave, so I thought I could hide this. I could um, just pretend I wanted to spend an extra year with my baby and then just come back like nothing ever happened. But when I found out that my cancer hadn't spread and I started to think about young women, you know, I was never breast aware. I didn't think breast cancer happened to women under 50. I'd never checked my breasts. When I thought about, you know, all the different signs and symptoms of breast cancer that I wasn't aware of, I said, you know, I, I have a little bit of a platform here with, you know, my radio career. Like maybe I should shout this from the rooftops and warn people. And so when I found out my cancer hadn't spread, I felt like I had the energy to do that. So I kind of um, stepped a little bit into that space and I'd share, you know, one or two things from chemo once a week and things like that on my Instagram page. And it just grew and grew and grew. And, um, you know, it, it turns out it was one of the best things I ever did because the support I got, you know, that would get me out of bed in the morning. I felt like every time I went into a chemotherapy session, that I had an army behind me willing me on and it, it was so helpful to me. That's fantastic and you know you knew as you, as you mentioned there that you're going to lose your hair true to form you accepted that so well I, I read that you invited your mum and friends around the night you decided to shave it and you made a celebration out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I when I found out I was going to lose my hair I didn't want to like you have a very small amount of energy when you're in treatment and I didn't want to block the chemotherapy I I just wanted to let it in and let it do its job so I didn't want to be so caught up on losing my hair and although it brings so much pain and sadness 
it felt like a means to an end for me. I, I knew my hair would come back someday. So I just decided to shave my head. And it's so funny, like when you shave your head, I suppose I invited my nearest and dearest around and no one knows what to say. Like, what do you say yeah. to a young girl? He's having everyone's like, my God, Georgie, we never knew you had such a lovely shaped head. And, and like, you know, all of these <laughs> things to try and make you feel better. But it did come back um, and people would say to me, it will be a blur, you know, you won't remember mm. being bald. And I said, I'll never forget it. But as time has gone on, it's definitely become a bit of a blur to me now. Which is good. Uh, and, and, you mm. know, anyone who follows you on social media will know how positive you are, particularly on the, as you mentioned there, on the days when chemo was tough, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, when you felt like you didn't want to keep going and you were low, how did you motivate yourself? And I think maybe this is where the digging deep mantra comes into to play in terms of keeping you going. I think my baby kept me going like it was the first year of her life, you know, her first Christmas, her first birthday. And I didn't want to wake up every day crying. You know, she woke up every day with a beautiful smile on her face and I wanted to smile back at her and feel happy. And I remember I'd sit out in in my back garden when I was going through treatment in my dressing gown, you know, so bald. And I would At the time, I didn't know why this had happened to me and why this had landed on my doorstep. And of course, you can have days where you feel so sorry for yourself. And that's okay. You know, I did have those days. But I knew I trusted that one day I would understand why it had happened to me or, you know, all would be revealed. And I trusted in that process. And I think that's what kept me going. I I couldn't get through it any other way by uh, without thinking, you know, there has to be a reason why this happened to me. And now three years later, thankfully, you know, cancer free and getting out into nature every day and exercising and my life has completely transformed. Now I can see the reason. But I think the best thing I did myself for myself was give myself time to heal mm. and trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, there's nothing like a good cry, is there? To release mm. all of that, too. you know, I'm a big advocate for just crying <laughs> out, people, you know. Uh, but, yeah. uh, you know, you, you, you get the all clear treatments over. You're in remission. That must feel great. But did it feel strange returning to normal life? Because you did return to, to spin for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think um, I think we could maybe do a little a better job of maybe just supporting people in kind of life after cancer. And I know, of course, all your friends and family and your colleagues, they want to help you, but no one quite understands how it feels. And I remember I went back to work and they were so amazing and supportive to me and really wrapped their arms around me. But I felt like a completely different person. Mm. And I was still like, you don't go back to normal after having cancer, even though things might appear to be normal. Inside, it's so much to deal with. There's so much trauma. There's so much, you know, post-traumatic stress. Um, There's such an impact on your life and, you know, our plans for a second baby that it really was so traumatizing for me. I definitely needed professional help. But I think, yeah, you'll never go back to normal. And of course, your life can change in wonderful ways from surviving a disease. And I felt so lucky to be one of those people that survived 
but everything had changed and I didn't last too long back in that world. But I was grateful that I got to go back and, and feel that bit of normality for a while. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned this at the at the start, you know, in terms of self-care and particularly women, we don't prioritise ourselves enough. We put everybody else first, leaving ourselves last. And this is something that you bring up a lot, uh, particularly on the on the podcast, uh, the Good Glow podcast, which I, I love. And this is part of the reason. Um, is, this, is this part of the reason that you wanted to set up the podcast? Yeah, it is. So I kind of, I was like, God, why didn't I make myself a priority for all those years? How did I expect to survive on three coffees a day and hardly any sleep? And, you know, when my baby had a nap, I'd make the dinner, put a Mm. wash on instead of just sitting down for a few minutes. Um, So in my recovery, I was like, I want, you know, people to prioritize themselves and not feel guilty for missing bath time or putting your baby down to bed to go to a class or go meet a friend and do something for yourself. So that's, you know, where the energy for the podcast came and then into our, you know, the Good Glow Wellness Program, which we've recently developed, which is based around my pillars of self-care. And it's just about triggering aha moments, which is a moment of inspiration or motivation to just all I want is is just for somebody doing our course or listening to the podcast to just say, do you know what? I'm actually that's made me think differently about how I'm living my life and I'm going to do something for myself today. Yeah, and I, you know, the wellness program, this is another thing that has grown from the success of the podcast, which was just massive, is massive, but particularly in the first year, huge listenership. And this opened, of course, Good Glow, uh, Glow Health and also the, the wellness program, which is fantastic. Um, you've been really open, you know, about this next stage in your journey, which is surrogacy. And again, it's another topic that's not spoken about enough. So I think it's great that you're using your platform to raise awareness. How are you feeling, though, about this? Because, you know, obviously you had Pia yourself uh, naturally um, you're going through this process now Uh, there must be so many different emotions around this Oh my God, so many unexpected emotions. First of all, I feel so lucky that surrogacy is an option for us. I'm on a drug called tamoxifen uh, for five years now after my cancer treatment. And I could come off that drug to try for a baby myself, but I want to stay on this. Uh, We decided as a family that I'd stay on this drug for as long as I could. Mm -hmm. So in the first lockdown, we said, you know, after hearing Rosanna Davison's story, we were like, oh God, maybe surrogacy is an option for us. But I'm on an absolute absolute roller coaster. I have good days. I've bad days. We're in the process of getting our embryos to the Ukraine, selecting a surrogate, knowing that our baby, you know, will be on the other side of the world for a few months, you know, and somebody else's tummy is, is, uh, <laughs> I might have to go back to counseling just yeah. to talk through it. But, you know, I'm so grateful. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so thankful. But of course, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It is. And, you know, I, I really applaud you as well for mentioning going back to counseling again, because that is something again in this country that there should never be any kind of shame in going back and checking in with a counsellor and talking it out. And that that's what was so, so important uh, when we're going through anything, anything in in our lives. If I told you that we had a time machine and you could go back in time <laughs> and have a chat with your younger self. Now, look, you can't change anything what's going to happen to you, but you can impart some words of advice to younger Georgie. What would you like her to know? 
Oh, this is so good. Um, I think I had a, a conversation with a girl called Kate Gaffey on my podcast a few weeks ago, and she says, you know, what if we could give ourselves 1% more? And when I look back at those 12 years when I was a busy bee running around completely stressed, uh, I, I think about what if I gave myself 1% more every day, whether that was, you know, a 16 second meditation, a 10 minute walk at lunchtime, you know, what could have been if I had of just given myself a little bit more. So I think I would go back in time and love myself and value my life a little bit more. Um, and definitely I would have drank more water. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I always finish Monday Motivation by asking how you start the day because I find people who are living their best lives, inspiring people like yourself, have a very specific morning routine. Could you share yours with us? Yeah, uh, this morning, my little Pia, who's four now, scooted into the room with the dog behind her. Uh, we all get into the bed for a few minutes um, and our bedroom looks out into a field. You know, I take a minute to just appreciate the day ahead. And then it's madness. It's chaos. We're getting <laughs> the dog fed, you know, bribing Pia to eat her breakfast and she she turns around and Jamie brings her to school every morning and she waves and I'm usually about to head out for a little 20 minute jog myself so I'm glad that you know she knows that she's gone off to school and I'm doing something for myself and filling up my own tank which I think is so important um for us all to do um so yeah, that's my morning routine. Is, Chaos. <laughs> but I love that you take that moment in the morning and you have everyone together and you and you reflect on the day that that is to come. Georgie, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. I wish you and Jamie and Pia every happiness for the future. Continued good health. Best of luck with baby number two. And thank you so much thank for joining you. me on the show today. Oh, it was so nice to catch up. Thanks for having me. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 